This morning we're in part two of this conversation about spiritual gifts, right? Last week was part one. And so let me catch you up um, briefly just on part one before we jump into part two. Part one, we hung out in Ephesians chapter four. If you look at Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, it says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceit, deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We talked about last week, right? We asked this question, all right, uh, to understand the picture of spiritual gifts, okay? All right, Jesus, when he ascends to be back with the Father, when Jesus fulfilled his ministry on earth, and he ascended to be back with the Father, he said, I'm going to send you power, until I return again. He said, I'm going to send you my Holy Spirit, all right, until I return again. And my Holy Spirit is going to teach you, convict you, guide you, remind you of all the things that I've taught you. And proceeding from my Spirit will also come the gifts that I've given to each one of you. All right, so you see this glorious picture of Jesus' ascension, and he sends down, right, the Spirit of God to dwell within us, to do and to work out all of these things. And he says, hey, do this. Work this out, right? Be in tune with my Spirit. If we live now by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I've sent you my Spirit, so keep in step with my Spirit. Let it guide you. Let it correct you. Let it convince you, right? And then guess what? Use the gifts that I've given to you that proceed from that Spirit that indwells within you. Do this until I return. Why? Why does he say, do this until I return again? Right, because we have to understand, right, the early church when Christianity, right, was formed and they were gathered, right, they're like this infant, this immature child, right? They're gathering, they believe in Jesus, they believe he is who he says he is, he's Lord and Savior, right, he is the Son of God, right? They believe that, they gather around that, right? They look at the Word, they worship together, they take care of one another's needs, right? Acts 2, they're doing all these things, but they're infants, okay? The church is an infant, and, and, and as Paul says here in Ephesians chapter 4, God has given gifts to us so that we can move the church from infancy to maturity. All right? We get this picture of intimate, you know, a, 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 a baby, infant, right, to revelation, like when he returns again, we're this mature bride 
pure, lovely, righteous, were ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so our gifts, I want you to understand in that context, right, that God has given each of us these gifts so to mature his body. So that we no longer think like a child, we no longer act like a child, but we're moving towards the marriage supper of the Lamb. Okay, so we all right, didn't talk about the practical matters of spiritual gifts last week. We talked about, hey, why do we have them? Why do we have them? What's the big picture here? All right, and the big picture is this. If, all right, if Patrick Mahomes decided not to show up to the game this evening, what would happen? If he left his gifts at home, and he showed up to the game. That's what I'm saying. When we show up together and we leave our gifts at home, same thing. The team, the body, the church, right, misses out on what it needs to grow into maturity. We have to take ownership and we have to steward all right, the power that God has given us, the power of his spirit and the gifts that proceed from that. And so this morning we're going to talk practicality, right? Talk practicality. Before we get all the way there, I want to say this, okay? Um, when it comes to gifts... I don't know what your experience has been in the church, what your experience has been at other churches, what your perception is when it comes to, right, the church talking about giftings. I want to make this really clear. What it says in Ephesians 4, all right, about how God has gifted us with these gifts so that the body will be uh, grow, grown up, right, moved towards maturity, not tossed to and fro by every, right, crafty philosophy that comes our way. My heart, all right, for this church and my heart for you in talking about gifts, all right, is in and for the purpose of maturity, period. It is for the purpose of our maturity, period. Okay? What do I mean by that? Okay? I uh, did not think, hey, let's take two weeks and talk about spiritual gifts so that the things that we provide as a church can operate. So that the ministries of our church can continue to run. So that we have enough people doing enough things to have church. I do not care about that. Okay? I'm not saying I don't care about ministries. Okay? I am concerned with our use of our gifts for the sake and purpose of our maturity. So that we grow into the fullness of Christ. Period. Okay, because I want you to understand this right in the early church. The early church did not look like what this looks like right here. 
Okay, what we find in the early church, right, it's not that the early church was without structure, right, but the early church doesn't look like what the church looks like in America, where you have like these ministries, just, you know, you know uh, uh, all these ministries, platter of ministries, right, that the church offers. Don't hear me, I'm not knocking ministries, but understand like what it looked like early on in the church, right, when we read Acts 2, 42 through 47, the early church, that's what I'm talking about, and what it looked like, like you had a structure, all right, of leadership, right, you had the elders who were, who were responsible for the ministry of the word, it says, they had a responsibility with the ministry of the word. They had to pass on the traditions that were passed on to them, that they received from Christ, right? They had to pass on the doctrine, right, to the church and to the next generation. Their responsibility was the ministry of the word. And then underneath the elders, right, you found the deacons. And, right, if you go to Acts, right, early in Acts 6, right, you see this, uh, you see the deacons and you see their uh, responsibility. All right, because there were some needs that were being neglected in the church. And so the elders said, hey, right, the apostles said, hey, we can't leave the ministry of the word, right, to go and do this. So church, elect seven faithful people amongst you who will go take care of these needs that have risen up in our church. Right, and so that structure, that office of the deacon, right, was that. It was this body of people who were responsible for the care and the needs of the church. And then beyond that, guess what? Like what we see in Acts 2, you know how ministry took place? You know how needs were met? You know how evangelism and missions, right, and child, uh, ch- children's ministry and youth ministry, you know how all that happened? It happened in life together. Now, it was a much different time and a much different culture than what we live in today. Okay, but I, but I, but I give you that picture to say this to you. I don't talk about gifts right, to make sure that we can continue to operate in ways that we operate as a church. Because we could have no ministries, and we could all steward every person from adult to child in this church, we could steward them well. Without any formal ministries, If we all took ownership and stewarded our gift in the context of the body we did life with, we could fulfill Acts 2, 42 through 47. I believe that. Okay, so hear me when I say I'm talking about this for our maturity. That's my heart. For our maturity. For our growth. Okay? Spiritual gifts, we've already talked about, they're going to build others up around us. They're also going to build or protect ourselves. There's a blessing in your gift for somebody else, but your gift is also a blessing for you. I need you to understand that. It's a blessing for somebody else. It's also a blessing for you. I got a call from an individual this week in this church. 
right? And this individual said, hey, right, I just had this occasion arise and I have no idea how to first process through what just happened, but secondly, what are my first initial steps after I process? I don't, I have no idea where to begin. Can I come and sit down with you? Yes, come and sit down. So we sit down, right? We talk about the situation, right? I use my gifts to help this individual process through what had just happened. I use my gifts to help this individual identify here are the next godly steps in walking this out. This is what the Bible shows us when we're to walk this out, right? And so this person leaves, right? And I'm sitting there, what this person doesn't know is I hope that my gifts were a blessing to this individual, Okay, but what this person doesn't know is all morning I had spent in isolation. All morning I had spent in isolation. And here's where my, here's where my mind was while I was in isolation. Nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. This was the rabbit trail. This was the hole I was going down. Right, this was, the, this was the scheme of the enemy this morning in my life. For I was having to use, right, the weapons of my warfare to combat that. That was the onslaught coming to me. Okay, and if I'm honest with you, here's the reality. I wasn't winning that fight. I was not winning that fight. I get a call from the individual, and what happened was, is this individual required me to use my gifts. And what happened is, not only did my gifts hopefully become a blessing to him, they also, what we talked about in Psalm 68 last week, how God bears us up daily, God used my gift to bear me up that day, to take me out of where I was and to move me and grow me into maturity. So your gift is a blessing to somebody else, but it's also a blessing to you. You need to use it. Romans chapter 12. Somebody say there. Thank you, Jim. I love it. If you weren't here last week, you missed out on a lot of fun. We all raced to the passage, and whoever got there first said there. Jim won. We're going to go somewhere next. I'm going to mark it now. That way I get there first. I'm a competitive snot. Yeah, I do cheat. I appreciate a good cheater. I have a, you know, one that doesn't get caught. Hats off. Not in marriage, though. Here we go. Romans chapter 12. We've got a marriage event coming up soon. It does not pertain to that. But if you're playing like Monopoly or Life, yeah. My wife, sorry, I'm getting off, but you got to know this. My wife bought me a Monopoly edition a few weeks ago. It's the Cheaters edition. <laughs> you guys ever seen that? You ever played, anybody ever played it? 
Yeah, I'll win. All right, Romans 12. <laughs> Romans 12, verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. Each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Put a bracket around that. Put a bracket around that passage. and Just write spiritual gifts in the margin. Right? There, Paul, in his letter to the Romans, identifies some of the gifts that proceed from the Spirit that some of us have and are to use in the context of the body. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, chapter 12. There. Take that, Jim. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 4 says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, for the common good, for the building up of the saints. For to one is given the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one in the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Put a bracket around that passage. Spiritual gifts that Jesus has given to us to grow up his body. One of the things I want to point out about this passage, you'll notice, right, in the, list of, in the list of giftings, you'll find the phrase, right, from the same Spirit. You may have this, game, but this gift, but it's from the same Spirit. This person may have this gift, but it's from the same Spirit. What, it, what, 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 what Paul is fighting and addressing in 1 Corinthians, right, is this craving and this competition for the gifts, right? There's this spiritual competition happening in the church. And so Paul is backing them up going, hey, 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 the gifts come from the same spirit, from the same spirit. And each member is given gifts according to how God wills, verse 11. And he hasn't given us all the same gifts. 
right? If we had, you know, 11 Patrick Mahomes on the field, that wouldn't work. And so we don't, there's not a spiritual competition for the gift. I want those gifts. Or I want to have all of the gifts so I can be spiritually elite. Or there's no coveting other people's gifts. You may look at somebody and go, I don't have that gift, but if I have that gift, oh, I want that gift. You have the gifts that God willed. God willed your gifts. And he willed them for a purpose. You trust him. These two lists are not exhaustive when it comes to the gifts that the New Testament reveals to us, okay? Um, I don't have time this morning to go through each gift, all right, and give you a, a definition and explain, right, these gifts, all right? But back there at the welcome cart, the welcome wagon is the proper name for it with the chief's balloons hanging there. Cindy Skeen will be there when this service is done, and there's a stack all right, a paper's back there. All right, there's a stack of spiritual gifts tests. Okay? And in that spiritual gifts test, there's some good definitions for you, right? What are these gifts? What does this mean? I encourage you on your way out, right, to grab that. Okay, so we've seen the list of gifts. Now we've got to ask some questions. Practical questions. What are my gifts? How do I figure out what my gifts are? Where do I use my gifts? What are my gifts? How do I figure out what my gifts are? Where do I use my gifts? Okay? How do you figure out what your gifts are? Here's my encouragement. Here's my instruction to you this morning. First, okay, ask yourself, how does God use me on a regular basis with people? Remember, our gifts are for the purpose of the context of the body. They're for the purpose to be used with other people. So ask yourself, how does God regularly use me with other people? Before you go take a gifts test, I want you to think about that question. Okay? Then I want you to think about this question. Okay? What people and what situations break my heart? What people and what situations break my heart? Before you take a spiritual gifts test, I want you to ask yourself that question also. Okay? The third question is this. I want you to go ask somebody around you, what do you see in me? What do you see in me? How do you see God regularly using me? Before you take a spiritual gifts test, I want you to do that also. Okay? How do you figure out what your gifts are? 
Ask those three questions. Then take that spiritual gifts test. And ask God to affirm for you what he has given you to use in the context of the body to grow them up. Where? Where, where do I use my gifts? Right, I told you the church can function without ministries. Okay, but ministries aren't bad. Right? We have ministries because we're convinced that God has asked this church to live out our mission in these ways. And we provide a place for you to use your gifts, right, to go and fulfill that mission that God has asked us to live out. Okay? And I want to encourage you, right, when you're going, how am I supposed to use my gifts? I want you to start with the context of the local body. I want you to start with the context of the local body. You may have the gift of evangelism. And God may call you to go plant churches like the Apostle Paul. And so you're never really, right, hunkered down in a local body, but you're constantly establishing and helping to establish local bodies. You're just, you're an evangelist. You're making sure that nobody on this planet hasn't heard the gospel. Even that person. I want you to start by going, hey, how can I use this gift in the context of the local body? Because when you ask the question, what is the primary purpose of the church? The primary, the primary purpose of the church is not for the lost. Okay? The primary purpose of the church is to get the saints of God from immaturity or infancy to maturity. Yes, when we use our gifts, we will draw in the lost. Yes, God will bring people to the fold that are not of the fold. But if the primary purpose of the church was for the lost, guess what? I wouldn't be preaching this message this morning. I would have the lost people in mind, the visitors in mind that are here this morning, and I would be preaching to them, not you. But I'm preaching to you. I'm shepherding you. And so when you look at our local church, we look at our context, and you go, how do I use my gifts? Okay, I'm going to throw this PowerPoint up. All right, I'm going to walk through it, okay? Just briefly, because I want to give you time at the end of this to do some things, okay? So go to the next one. Let's run through this, all right? Kids Quest. All right, this is a ministry where we grow up our kids. I hope your prayer, right? I hope your dream, if you serve in Kids Quest, I hope personally that there's a child in Kids Quest right now that's in this pulpit next. I hope that there's children in Kids Quest right now who will be our next trustee body, our next ministry team leaders. God has called us to grow up, right? His saints. That includes our kids. And so back to those two questions, three questions I asked you earlier. How does God regularly use you in the context of people? What people and situations break your heart? I want you to apply that to every one of these slides. 
It's going to help you go, hey, how does God want to use me in this body? Do kids, their situation, does that break your heart? Right? Does God regularly use you in the lives of kids? Okay, next slide. Student ministry. Okay? Does your heart break for students from 6th to 12th, 6th grade to 12th grade, in this season where they're like, who am I? Where do I fit in? Navigating all the arrows shot at them in this time we live in. Do students in that age group, in those situations, does that break your heart? Is that how God regularly uses you? Next slide. The worship team. Has God gifted you the ability to sing? I tried out this week and Adam said I didn't make it. He said, I listened to you sing on the recording last week. You didn't make it. Sometimes my mic's on. I don't know if you guys can hear me, but if you can, you're blessed by it. Um, Right? But God may have gifted you with the, right, with the gift to lead this congregation in worship. Whether that be singing, whether that be playing, whether that be back at the, you know, at, at the tables back there with all the buttons that scare me to death. But you know what? There's a team of people back there who are passionate and gifted, and God uses them to grow this church up in those gifts. And Steve told me this morning, and he gave me permission to say this, Steve said, if you're ready to be trained up by Steve, he'll train you up back there at the board. He said, come see me. I'm ready to train you up. I'm ready to teach you how to do it. Those situations break your heart when, you know, we're having sound issues, and you're like, oh, I have gifts. I can help. Mercy Ministry. All right, this is a ministry that, that functions in a lot of different ways, but the heartbeat of it is this, right? The heartbeat of it is showing up to care for the need of somebody in a needy situation. I'm going to show up and support. I'm going to care for. I'm going to show mercy to somebody that's in a time of need. So maybe that's financially. Maybe it's food pantry. Maybe it's with transportation. Maybe it's with residential houses. Maybe it's through mentorship. Does God regularly use you in people's lives when they're in a time of desperate need? Do their situations break your heart? Next slide. The missions ministry. When you think about sitting at Waffle House and the waitress comes up and you're just itching to share the gospel or you're walking through Walmart and you're going down the aisles and you're just itching to share the gospel. Somebody at work comes in and you're just itching to share with them the gospel and what God's been doing in your life. If that's how God regularly uses you, the lost people break your heart, this may be the place for you. Next slide. The fellowship team. If gathering underneath the banner of Christ 
and doing life together, over a meal, over games, over conversations. If that, if those, if that situation fires you up, if you have a testimony where at a fellowship you encountered Christ, and your journey of following Christ started at a fellowship. And so what breaks your heart is for people to connect at fellowships. Maybe this is the place for you. Next slide. Life groups. The primary way we get after discipleship here at Gateway. Maybe you have the gift of hospitality. Right? And maybe you, 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 you need people to come into your home because you need to provide a space for the Spirit to work. For the Spirit to do what the Spirit's going to do. Life groups may be something for you. Or maybe you're somebody, right, who has the gift of teaching. Right? And your desire and your heart is to grow people up into maturity through teaching. Maybe life group is the place for you. Next one. The refugee partnership. Right? Amy Delaney here recently has talked with you. Megan has talked right with us about what's going on with the refugee partnership. Do those situations, do those people, does that break your heart? Is that how God regularly uses you? Because there's opportunities for you to use your gifts in that capacity as well. Next slide. Connections. Maybe it means a lot to you when somebody sees you. When you walk out of the doors, if what means the most to you is that you felt like somebody saw you, this may be the place for you. Because this ministry, this team is about how do I see people and then how do I make sure people see one another? How do I see people and get people plugged in so they see others and so others see them? Is that how God regularly uses you? Operations. Maybe you drive up to our property because you have a meeting with one of the pastors or you have life groups up there and you drive up to the property, right? And it just irks you that like you've got dead trees and limbs falling down, right? And you're just like, I have skills and I have equipment and I long for just to work with my hands. Or on Sunday morning, you take pride and pleasure in making sure these rows are dead straight and these seats are set up. Or you want, you, you, you want to make sure that the kids have what the kids have in their classrooms and those things are set up so that those people can use their gifts to run the next leg of the race. Does God regularly use you in those service activities? where you get to use your hands, do physical labor. In the same vein, it's like changing oil. 
where you get to use your hands to serve somebody. Right? Mercy Ministry, they have oil changes. You get to use your hands to serve somebody. Does God use you regularly in those ways? Next one. Full life prison ministry. Jim Bradner and Dan Brown and many others have gone down to the prison every week, every Wednesday to share the gospel and build relationships with the guys in prison in St. Joe. Do their situations break your heart? Is that how God regularly uses you in the lives of people? Dan's also trying to launch a ministry, a residential treatment facility for guys recovering from addiction. Do their situations break your heart? Is that how God regularly uses you? Do you find yourself in the lives of recovering addicts often? This may be the place for you. Next one. That's it. I walked you through those because at the tables behind you, we're going to dismiss, and I want you to go visit the leaders of those ministries. I want you to go visit those tables, all right? The leaders and the volunteers of these ministries that are at the table are prepared to go, hey, here's what our ministry is. Here's things we have coming up. Now, look at me. Every gift, every gift is needed in every ministry, So when you ask yourself, what people and situations break my heart, your gifts can be used there. And it's the leader and the volunteers of those ministries that I'm asking to help you find a place to use that gift in that ministry. Okay? For the purpose of maturity and nothing else. Amen? For the purpose of maturity and nothing else. Okay, so uh, as we go this morning, all right, I'm going to ask you, right, here's, here's some action items. You can go visit a table. If anything I've said or anything you've, you know, you've saw strikes a chord in you, you want to know more about, all right, go to one of the tables, all right. You have an opportunity this morning, right, to ask somebody else in the room, hey, what do you see in me? What do you see in me? Right? So I just encourage you, take advantage of the opportunity while we're together here right now. Take advantage of the opportunity. Okay? Let's pray, and then we'll be dismissed. God, thank you that you sent us your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you've empowered us with your Holy Spirit and given us an opportunity to be a part of what you're doing. It's the greatest privilege that we have as we wait for your son to return and for you to restore all things. So God, I pray that you would uh, stir in us, that your spirit would uh, move in us, showing us how you've gifted us, showing us where to go. We want to keep in step with you. We want to keep in step with you. So God, I pray this morning that you would do that as we move. Amen. Amen.